This is a Project Sisterhood podcast, a podcast for all things women. We talk women's empowerment, leadership, and influence. From lighthearted and laughable to honest, deep matters of the heart, your soul will be encouraged. We hope you and all women of every age and every stage find life and freedom today. Ladies, I am so honored, so excited to share um, and introduce our speaker today, and I know you heard from her daughter yesterday, and I love that they were here because um, generations are our goal at Project Church, and every generation has a place and has a place to be honored and a place to minister, and so I'm glad that they were both here, but I want you to understand that this is a little bit of a dream of mine to have Beth Grant come and speak from this pulpit. Um, she is truly a legend. <laughs> She's a hero in the faith. Her and her husband and her family actually have been doing ministry for over 40 years. And they've been doing it long before, if I can say this without anybody getting offended, before it was popular or sexy. And she, they've been faithful. And I believe that one of the most underappreciated um, and undervalued fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And these women, this, this woman has been faithful. She is a hero to many women. And she has empowered women throughout her years of ministry, I being one of them. And so it's a great honor to hear from a woman of God who carries the Spirit of God. And she dispenses it. And when you're in her presence, you know Jesus is there. Her countenance, her peace her lovingness, her kindness, and even her whisper, her whisper when you hear her speak, is a roar. It's a roar. And so it's my honor and great privilege to introduce to you Miss Beth Grant. Hello. Wow. What? How many hours have we been together? <laughs> when so much happens in the spirit, time kind of stands still. It's like, okay, it seems like we've been together longer because there have been significant, powerful moments in the spirit when God is doing deep things, deep things, like life-changing things, but platform-changing things, community-changing things, world-changing things have been happening as we're here together. Before I get carried away, I would like to just express my appreciation to Chrissy, Caleb, the family. Boy, we go back a long ways. But I remember, and I thank Jennifer for being here. It's kind of special. She has two little ones, our, two of our granddaughters, little girls. So she can't always go with me. Thank you, Jennifer, for being here with us. Yes, generations were shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, got each other back, running together. So God is faithful. Thank you, Jennifer. But Chrissy, um, my goodness, yes, it's a dream for me. I've got so many things up here. I'm going to drop something. We have books out there. <sighs> Please grab them because our time, we can't share all the good stories. But friends, Project Rescue is God's story. It's God's story. And every day I remind myself of that, that I get to share what an awesome, powerful, liberating God is doing. It's his story, and that's why we're here this morning. But um, Chrissy, when I met her, she was 
Our daughter was in college. She was Rebecca's friend. Rebecca brought Chrissy home with her. And while a bunch of college friends would be in our house, Chrissy would be the one sitting on a bar stool in the kitchen asking me questions about God and his will and ministry. And I love the fact it seems like in those moments, many things could have separated us. Generations? I mean, she's gorgeous, drop dead. Yes. I mean, so many things. But in those moments, something in my heart connected that God has done in my heart and life, connected with what he was doing and in the process of doing in her life. And so since that time, I knew we were connected. We've been all over the world. But whenever we have a chance to connect, the connection is there because we are believing God in faith prophetically for the same thing. Her calling, her giftings are different. But that passion, something that the Spirit of God did in her, continues to do in her, and continues to do in me, is the same. And you see, if her name comes up anywhere in the world, I commend her. Ladies, we have one of the greatest opportunities in the world to commend one another authentically. To withhold the blessing from another woman is a tragedy. Because I can see God's hand at work in her and others. And one of the greatest joys in my life is to say, I know her. I know her heart. God's hand is on her life. He is doing something through this woman. Don't withhold the blessing. Be generous with your sister. Be there for her. That's not the message. But it is the message. I had to go home last night. I'm a planner. I pray. I plan. I agonize like giving birth to something. And last night, Caitlin, she preached half my message. I mean, I'm looking, I know my notes. She's going item by item, scripture by scripture. And you did a better job. I sat there. It's like, okay, God. Where do we go from here? And I felt like he said, Beth, you're here to do what I always ask you to do. I want you to be ready to share what I put in your heart. And so today, I wouldn't call it a sermon, but I'm going to share some things that are deep in my heart for women of God. I have never seen a day in my lifetime like I see now and sense in the spirit of what God is doing in raising up an army of courageous 
formidable women of the spirit. Do you sense that? He is stirring something deep inside of us that is prophetic, that says, daughter, look around you. Look for what I am doing and get with me. Not asking him to bless what I want to do. But say, God, what are you doing in this city? What are you doing in this event? I want to come and flow with what he is doing. Because what he is doing will change lives. I want to flow. We have a moment. This is a prophetic moment that God is raising up women multi-gifted, multi-talented, that none of us look the same. We're not the same. We're uniquely created and gifted by God to be who he created us to be. Don't apologize for that. He's called us to flow where he wants us to flow. I have to circle back a moment. Pastor Caleb, that was a word of wisdom for us last night. Because we are in a culture that is the enemy is using every possible category he can to divide the church. Our culture as a whole, it's divided, it's wounded, it's angry. And in the middle of that, if we are not careful, we find ourselves looking and sounding more like a culture than the crying heart of our God. What is this? What is this? I don't do the will of God in spite of my husband. I do it in relationship to my husband. I do it in partnership with my husband. And sometimes it's like a dance. Our kids have to smile. I go to services. I don't know if he's going to say mid-sermon, my wife will now come and finish the message. It keeps you desperate for God. Desperate. And part of that is, you know, I, I've been amazed. The more we work together, there's not enough room. It's going to get messy up here. The more we work together, husbands and wives, if we are married ladies, the more sometimes he knows that something is burning in my soul. And so he, in purpose, will feel like, you know what? I just need to get out of the way. He will step back, say, my wife is coming, and I'm, okay, Jesus, help me. Here we go. But it's a moment that he knows I will try. I'm sitting there. I'm on the front row. I'm believing God with him in any place we go for anything and everything. Because I may be on the front row, but I'm believing God with him. Now, I can't check out just because I'm sitting down there. I have to be ready. And then in that moment, he may ask me to come. Or there may be 20 services when he doesn't. And I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Ministry together requires us both to know how to follow and both know how to lead. And it's like a beautiful dance when it works well. When we are sensitive and feel nudged by the Spirit. And I know in his strengths, you go, David, this is yours, you go. 
in other places at moments. He said, Beth, it's yours. You've got a word from the Lord. We do the will of God. My husband, men are not my enemy. We need to say that. Because if we do not create and nurture in the church a biblical worldview of men and women, we will by default have the culture's view. Listen, if you have children and grandchildren, that's important. Because if we are not intentionally giving them a biblical view of what it means to be male, female, and how we work together, they will by default have the culture's view. We are together, men and women. Now, Caitlin, in spite the fact that I had to go back last night, toss it out, and start over. I'm going to circle back because when I was praying, the shame piece, have you heard a theme? The shame piece, when I prayed about the theme from my experience working with exploited women and little girls, the shame piece is the biggest factor for keeping us separated from one another, not just from God, but from one another and in the body of Christ. Shame, we cannot ignore the bondage of shame. Sadly, daughters, sisters, our culture reinforces the shame, even in the church. So if a woman walks in off the street, I have to talk to churches where we have Project Rescue Ministries. I have to talk to pastors and say, is the woman who we have helped get out of the community of darkness, that's a miracle. But is the community of light ready to be her community on the healing journey? Is this community of light ready to welcome her just like you were welcomed here? Are we ready to say, okay, because see, I can't invite her out of a community of darkness into nothing. She will not survive because God made us for community. And so she has to have a new community. If she does it within weeks, she'll be back in exploitation. And we say, oh, she really didn't get saved. No, it wasn't that. She wanted to follow Jesus, but she didn't have a community to receive her. That's what the community of faith is meant to be. Where women and men can come on their healing journeys and know there is not shame there for them. But there is an embrace to say, you are my sister. And I believe when you yet cannot have faith for yourself, I will pray for you because I have faith for you. I can, through eyes of faith, see what God is do in your life. He's going to take you from where you are now. You are going to become a powerful woman of God. A woman of God. The woman at the well. That was in my notes, too, and it's back here. <laughs> because it's such a, such a powerful narrative. 
of the woman. Her life was a mess. I'm so glad God is not turned off by messy lives. And if anything, that's why he sent Jesus. But she was alone because all those relationships separated her from God, from the community. She was alone. But that one encounter with Jesus was so powerful. It was short, but it was powerful. That she literally ran back to the very community that had disdained her. To the men who who disdained her and treated her like garbage. To the women who disdained her. She ran back to that community and said, let me tell you about the man I just met. Because in that moment when she met Jesus, it's not just sin that he takes care of. He shattered her shame. In a moment, he shattered her shame. And sisters, I would say it to you. Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to carry shame into heaven. What? The enemy has lied to us. He says you deserve No matter how much the blood of Jesus has washed away, the enemy lies and says you deserve to carry shame in heaven. That's not the message of Jesus. He says, if anyone is free in me, they are free indeed. Hallelujah. Free indeed. The shame, the shame we were not meant. Don't. What's what's our identity? If we carry that kind of shame... I know many women that has literally become their identity. No woman that God has given birth to, and there's only one giver of life, no matter how the circumstances were surrounding her birth, there's only one giver of life. He created every daughter, every little girl, every woman with dignity and purpose. And gifts for a reason, for good purposes. Shame was not meant to be our identity. We were meant to be the daughters of the Most High God. We are more than the sum of what has happened to us sexually. That's a lie from the enemy. He is setting his daughters free. And may shame be shattered. You know, the strongest workers in Project Rescue today are former madams that ran brothels when we first started going in that district in Mumbai. There were women that were feared because they were so full of demonic power that during the Hindu festivals, they were put on the processional ritual trucks to represent Hindu goddesses because they were so full of dark power. But then somebody had the courage and audacity to go into those brothels and introduce them to Jesus. 
and begin to cast out demons. And those women found Jesus and were set miraculously, powerfully free from dark power. And now when they were told that all authority, Jesus said, has been given unto me, therefore go, they get it. Because you see, they knew leadership. They had God-given leadership gifts. They ran the brothels. But when they came to Jesus, now they know how to lead women out of the brothel. They are courageous. They are fearless because they get his authority. I know my time is up. Almost up. Jumping ahead. When we started going into the brothels and into the red light areas where 100,000 women and children were in slavery, block after block after block after block, multi-story buildings, the sense of evil is tangible. It's intimidating. It's dark. It's aggressive. And as I started being asked to go in there to pray with women in the middle, I cried out to God and I said, God, I don't have enough power to go in and face that kind of power. Teach me, Lord, teach me, teach me what it means to walk in your spirit as I've never walked before. Teach me not, not to walk in your spirit, not Pentecost is an event. Pentecost is as a daily way of life. Walking, walking, walking. Not in self-consciousness, but in God-consciousness. What does that mean, Lord, to walk with you and to entertain your presence, to go through my days, to go whether it's this particular place? Teach me, Lord. Help me to grow in the spiritual authority that comes from you. And during that period of time, like often happens, some one day with our girls, they were young. My husband was on the phone. He had four phone lines because he loves to talk on the phone. He's a people person. Does anybody here know what a landline is? We had four. <laughs> he was on the phone. Okay. Another phone rang, so I'm next in line. I took the call. Uh-oh, another phone rang. He's on the phone. I'm on the phone. And the other one rang. I thought, uh-oh. He looked quickly at Rebecca, and he said, Rebecca, get the phone for Daddy. And she said, but Daddy, please. I don't, I don't know what just the place of time was wasting. So he looks at three-year-old Jennifer, and he says, Jennifer, get the phone for Daddy. And she said, but Daddy, what do I say? He said, just say David Grant's office. Can I help you, please? <laughs> She's I thought, this is going to be interesting. So I'm watching this little girl, three years old. She walks over. She picks up the phone. She says, David Grant's office, can I help you, please? I was stunned. And then all of a sudden it hit me. When her father said, Jennifer, get the phone for me. In that moment, intuitively, that little girl understood when she picked up the phone, it was not the daughter's voice. It was her father's voice. It was her father's voice. And lady, 
please, the world is desperate to hear your Father's voice. Not your voice, not my voice, but our Father's voice. And in that moment when the Spirit stirs me during the course of the day and says, Beth, I want you to speak to that person inside. I go, oh, God, I don't know what to say, Lord. And suddenly the Spirit of the Lord begins to burn his words in my soul. And the words begin to come as I obey him. And it is not Beth Grant. It is my Father's voice. The world is desperate. Not for my opinion. Not for my opinion. They're hungry for truth. Spoken with authority by daughters that walk so close to the Father that they hear God's voice. I never want people to leave a place saying, we heard this woman. I want them to leave saying we heard from God. Save your voice. Don't waste it. It's a gift. Don't waste it on messages that are not healing and life-changing and delivering. Don't waste your voices on unworthy causes. Save your voice. If you don't speak to everything, then when you feel the Spirit say, this is, this is yours. This is your battle. This is your message. They'll go, oh, she doesn't speak to everything. She's got a word from God. Save your voice. Use your voice. It's time for the church to find their voice. It's time. But may your voice be one that is pristine in its proclamation of the gospel of Jesus that saves and delivers and heals. Would you stand with me with their heads bowed in his presence? He's with us. I want to pray two prayers over you. Would you believe God together as a united group of daughters for those prayers? Father, for these hours you have repeatedly reminded us that you have not called us to live with shame from the past. Jesus, very simply, we hold out our hands to you as submitted, devoted, obedient daughters. And say, Father, we release any shame that still lingers from the past. We release shame, Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus. May any shame that we have talked away somewhere. I pray, Lord, bring it to light, and I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that shame would be shattered. Hallelujah. Because you have called us in this day to be ready 
to be courageous and to belong. Father, I thank you for victory as we go from this place that shame will be shattered and Father, to bother us no more. Hallelujah. And Father, <laughs> you called Jeremiah to stand up in troubled days and use his voice to, to tear down and build up. And this is that moment, Lord, for many of us. You have called us. You are putting your words in our mouth for this time and this moment. And Father, we receive a powerful, fresh new anointing of your authority. Father, may we seek you, cry out to you through our days and cry out to you that we may seek to walk in the power of your presence. Aware, oh God, of what you are doing and what you are saying and what you are asking us to partner with you in. Mighty God, I pray that there will be a mantle of the Spirit that will rest over the women in this church like never before, God. We are at a standing at a new moment for a new season, and I pray that you would pour out a double portion of your Spirit upon the leadership and upon this congregation that will be more than sufficient for the season that lies ahead. Father, we embrace today in closing all you have for us. And Father, help us to be so confident in our identity in you that we can welcome everyone who comes within our doors, on our streets, in our work. We can embrace them and welcome them to walk the healing journey healing and deliverance with us. May we be a healing community of faith. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Project Sisterhood. If you want to find out more about how you can get involved with Project Sisterhood, follow us on Instagram at Project Sisterhood or join our Facebook group under Project Sisterhood SAC.